actually a really good, uh, it's the same as YouTube pretty much. All right, you guys ready to start? All right, so this is awesome. So I will start with just a little bit about me. Uh, my name is Amanda Majors. Uh, I currently am at One Church as the Connections Coordinator, but before that, that's about 10 years of social media experience all over the place. So um, before the, the first for seven years, I was the social media director at One Church, a volunteer, but director at One Church, uh, the digital media coordinator at the OMN previously before I worked at One Church, and then uh, the social media contractor at Oasis City Church. Those are just a few things. Also managed accounts like Ohio Youth Ministries, Ohio Kidmen, um, and then did special events like Time Apart, Teen Girl Conference, and National Fine Arts. I've done social media of all kinds of different ways, a lot of it in ministry, um, but just that's a little bit of my background. I know sometimes when people see my title of Connections Coordinator, they're like, why is this person doing social media? Just have that little bit of background. So we're going to jump in to just social media as a whole, and we'll quickly go over some stats. But this is going to be kind of a place where we're just going to hit some very, very high-level, 50,000 feet stats and stuff about social media. Um, we will, I will try to leave a lot of time at the end for questions because I know you all are doing your own thing and it's all a little different. Some of you are running it for a business, some of you are running for youth ministry, kids ministry, women's ministry, for the whole church. Um, so we have lots of very unique questions that we might get. So I made sure to bake in a lot of time for question and answer just because I know that everybody is kind of at a different place with social media. So we'll start at the top. Um, so the big thing, first of all, the little bit of my heart is that social media is a very important part of the ministry. It has to be an important part of the ministry. The Bible says that we need to go into all the world. Social media is in all the world. So if we're going to get our voice out there, we need to use social media, um, social media and we need to do it the best that we possibly can. So you being in here means that you, you value it, you see that it's, it's important, and, and you want to go into all the world. So these stats are from... They were my top 2020 ones, but a lot of them were for 20, 2019. 3.5 billion social media users, um, which adequates, it comes out to 45% of the population is on so social media. So again, all the world. We definitely want to be out there. 73% of marketers believe social media marketing has been somewhat effective or very effective to their business. When I say business, go ahead and put your ministry or your church in there. So. It's obviously incredibly effective. The better that you do, the more intentional you are about it, the better it's going to be for whatever you're trying to get out there. Just a little bit about age groups. We were talking about this before, how some teenagers like aren't on Facebook, are on Facebook, right? So 90% of millennials are on, Facebook, are on social media. Gen X is 77% and baby boomers are 48%. That also, this is a little call out, I think, is that you're going to be seeing a wide variety of people. So make sure that you are appealing to all different diversity groups. Sometimes diversity is only based on like race or um, background or culture, but it's also in age. So make sure that you are, that everybody can understand. So make, keep it simple, stuff like that. Uh, Facebook remains to be the most widely used social media pl uh, platform. I, that's a big thing for, that I, I think sometimes we get lost in, well, what's the new thing? Should, do we need to be on TikTok? Do we need to be on Instagram? Facebook is still the number one. Also, just a reminder, Facebook owns Instagram. So a lot of this stuff is yeah. gonna overlap anyway. Um, another good one, 71% of consumers who have had a positive experience with a brand on social media are likely to recommend the brand to their friends and family. Replace brand with church. Replace brand with ministry. Um, if they have a good experience with you, if they go to your church and they feel welcomed and loved and cared for, they're probably going to share about it, uh, which is 100% which is a way to continue to grow your church, um, grow your ministry, whatever you're trying to do. 91% <clears throat> of all social media users access social media channels versus mo via mobile devices. This is really important. We'll talk, like again, very one -on one-on-one kind of situation, but we'll talk about sizes, why it's important to size your pictures, your posts, your stories, all that stuff accordingly to, to what platform you're on because most of it's gonna be on your phone. And your phones can only resize stuff so much before it's like, you guys have ever watched a video on Instagram where the person's head cut off, but you're hearing it and the words are down here, and this is all you're seeing of the posts. 
yeah, we don't want to do that, right? So definitely making sure to always keep in mind that 91% of those people are on mobile devices. That includes Church Online for this last year. I will tell you that I think a, a large majority of people are still watching church on their phones. They're not necessarily putting it up on the TV, even though they can pull up YouTube. They're still watching it on their phones. Daily active Instagram story users increased from 150 million in January 2017 to 500 million daily active stories worldwide in 2019. That was pre-COVID, by the way. So I can only imagine how high it is now. Um, an average of three hours per day are uh, spent on social media. I was actually looking at my stats from last year when I did a different class about social media last year, and last year it was 35 minutes a day. Like, holy smokes. So, it, and again, that was pre-COVID. You can only imagine how much time people are spending on social media. As a mom of four, three of them being teenagers, that scares the snot out of me, but it is what it is. And, if, if we're going, if we're going to have it, if, if people are going to be on social media, why shouldn't the church be on social media and do it well? So those are some stats that I found. So we're going to hit Facebook first. And again, the big thing is, is we're probably going to get lots of questions. Go ahead and try to write those down and wait till the end just so we can hit them all at the same time because I want to make sure to get through all of it. Like I said, I don't have a ton of content more that I want you guys to be able to ask questions and stuff like that. So we'll start with Facebook 101 profile versus page versus group. What do I need for my church, my ministry, my business? I'm going to start off with the answer is if, if you're a ministry, a church, a business, it, you should always start with a page. Okay. The page is, is I'm going to do just a four quick facts about it. Pages are public and easily shareable, right? If you use a profile, it could be private, it's not gonna get out there as much, and then there's certain things that you don't even get access to with Facebook if you're a profile versus a page. With pages, you can run promotions and display content in a professional way. So promotions is one of those big giant things that you don't even have access to on your, your personal profile. You wanna be able to do that. Some, you do put, sometimes you put money behind it, you can't absolutely spend some money on that, and, Say, and it's really cool if you've ever done a promotion on Facebook, you can say what age group you want to see it. You can put a little pin in the middle, like where your church is, and then take out the circle and say, these are the people I want, which is kind of freaky at the same time, like yeah. a little big brotherish. But <laughs> you can take the circle out and you can see exactly these are the people that I want to send it, just like you would a mailer in the mail, right? You can say that you want it to be sent from this time to this time. You can, it can even do some statistics for you. These are the times where people are most active on social media in these areas. Let me pay for this amount of time. You can say, I want to spend $10 total over the next day, couple days, or I want to spend $1,000 total over the next couple days. A lot of people use this for like Easter. So if you have a marketing budget, for example, right? We all, always go to, well, I got to send out a postcard to invite everybody to Easter. Spend some money on Facebook and get your name out there. That's where people are. Um, with the page, you can access insights and activity on, of your fans, so the people who follow you. So you actually see who is who is following you, right? Is it primarily women? Is it primarily men? Is it this age group? Is it this age group? Um, is it this area of the city? Is it this area of the city? With Church Online, that's been something that's been amazing to dive into. At, at our church, at one church, We've seen people, we literally have a following in um, Bulgaria, which is so stinking cool, right? We have a following in the Philippines. So it's really neat that you can see those things, but you can only do that with a page. You can't do that with a profile or a group. So it's super important that you use it correctly. Also, you can schedule out your posts. To me, this is like the number one thing to not burn you out from social media. For the longest time, when I first started doing social media, we were not scheduling, we were right in the moment, right? So sometimes that's 10 o'clock at night, looking through all your pictures and trying to come up with a post really fast. That's miserable. You will be burnt out from that very quickly. Use, use your scheduling as much as you can. And Facebook has improved their scheduling tool immensely over the last couple years. So much that I mentioned earlier that Instagram is owned by Facebook. So now you can actually schedule your posts to go out on Facebook at a certain time and out on Instagram at a certain time, which is life-changing. It's life-changing. So definitely look into that. If you haven't looked into it, 
after the class you want to bring up here with me, I can definitely show you where it's at. Super, super cool. We'll hit a couple things too, just to, profiles are great for, for people's personal profiles, right? That's where you can set, like share pictures of the grandkids. That's where you can share pictures of your breakfast that you cook, that kind of stuff. You don't want to do that on your page. Uh, groups are great for your community, right? For your, so for example, if, if one church is the church that your, your page, we have things like what we call our connection directories. It's literally where we try to invite as many new people that start to call one church their home into those groups. We have one for each campus, and that's where people can post prayer requests. That's where, hey, I have a wash and dryer that I'm getting rid of, blood to bless somebody. That's what a group's for. Also, it can stay private, so you can have people who might sometimes try to get in, and typical, this is everywhere, all the time, where people are just gonna kind of troll or say something inappropriate. You can control those things inside of those groups. You can, you can make it completely private, where you ask questions to get in, and everybody has to be admitted, and you can make it completely open. There's a lot of different varieties with groups, but for your ministry or your business specifically, you definitely want to go page 100% of the time. So content matters. And I have one for Facebook and I have one for Instagram on this. Um, graphics are okay on Facebook. Keep it simple. What I mean by keep it simple is you don't want a lot of text on it. Because ultimately that's what your, your copy or the, the caption is for. So keep it simple. Not like literally for your Easter graphic, it might be like Easter at Radiant Life Church. And then maybe the address and service times. That's it. Not that you're doing an Easter egg hunt. Not that every person's getting a free Easter t-shirt. I don't know. Not that everybody's getting whatever, whatever, whatever. That's what your caption's for. So just keep it simple. How, but graphics do perform on Facebook, unlike we'll get to Instagram, they don't perform nearly as well on Instagram. Um, always have a call to action. What I mean by a call to action is always send people to somewhere or tell people what, what they need to do to engage with your post. So for example, it's a Sunday morning post, like happy Sunday, who's coming to the 8.30 service? Drop an emoji in the comments to let us know, or tag somebody who's gonna sit next to you. Or if with Facebook specifically, since you can put links, or right now I don't know how many churches are still doing registration, we are at one church, praise God, not for much longer, but <laughs> we, we actually send them to a page. So Welcome to One Church is our new like uh, members kind of event. So we send people to one.church slash welcome, or baptism signups, one.church slash baptisms. Those are those different things. You want to always have a call to action. They have to have a reason for reading your post. Because if you don't, sooner or later, they, they will feel like they don't need to do anything. They don't need to like it. They don't need to comment on it. They don't need to engage. When they're not engaging with your post, that means Facebook basically says, hey, you're not interesting, and starts hiding it from people's profiles, if you will, or timelines. So it's super important to give a call to action. And that call to action can be, like I said, to a website, and actually, hey, go register for service, or hey, go register for this event. And it also can be a, hey, put an emoji in the comments. All those things are important, you just wanna give them something to do. Uh, church shopping happens on social media. This is something that I'll get straight passionate about. On an average, people are not, there's no more the, oh, I drove by that building, I'm gonna drive into the parking lot, I'm gonna go to a service and check it out. If I drove by that building, let me go look them up on social media. Mm -hmm. Let me see what's happening inside the doors. Let me see if I fit in. Now, this will go to Content Matters. If you got pictures of your service, of people enjoying themselves out in the lobby, if you have diversity in your pictures, hear me. If you don't have any teenagers in your pictures, teenagers aren't gonna feel like they belong there. If you don't have any people of race or of color in your pictures, they don't feel like they can belong. They want to know that they can be there, that they can make friends there, that they are loved and cared for just the way they are. And the truth is, is all of our churches feel that way. We've got to show it. People are church shopping your church far before they even pull into the parking lot. And it's so, so, so important that we show that in a massive way. We should be the place. Churches should be the place where everybody feels loved and cared for over anywhere else. Okay, sizing is important. This is like, again, 50,000 feet, super basic. Profile pictures, first of all, make sure you're picking the correct profile picture. Let me just hit, profile picture should not be a picture of maybe worship. It should definitely be a picture of your logo. You want it to be easily understandable that 
I'm in the right place. This is a professional page. I'm in the right place. Uh, cover photos, 180 by 180. By the way, PX means pixels. Um, cover photos, 820 by 312. I have all this up here. Let me just hit really quick to always Google it because it changes like crazy. Facebook likes to play games and they like to change stuff like crazy. <laughs> so definitely like Google it. It'll be the first thing that pops up and it'll literally say for 2020, this is the size for this. I literally Googled it last night. I don't know these by heart. The reason that sizing is, is sizing is so important is again, I go back to the whole, when you're on your mobile device, you want it to size correctly. You don't want some of your text to be cut out, your logo to be cut out, people's faces to be cut out, <laughs> whatever it might be. One, because it just is like, dang it, I worked so hard on that post and now it doesn't even look the right way. And two, it just looks unprofessional. And that's where people are looking at it. Ultimately, we have to, in this mindset, almost treat our ministries like they are business. You said you do Tupperware. So if you aren't professional on your Tupperware page, people aren't buying from you. And it's, it's the same thing. They won't buy from you. Amanda, do you recommend like a website like Canva to help you with that? Absolutely. For your graphics, absolutely. A hundred percent. Pictures, like it gives you the size already. It does. A hundred percent. And we can even hit some of those other things like that. If you've never heard of Canva, I can definitely dive a little bit into that. Because Canva is an incredible free resource. You can pay for it a month. Incredible free resource to help you with social media and all the other things. I just found out it's free for nonprofits. So yeah. Someone said they can reimburse you. So I'm going to go get reimbursed. <laughs> That's awesome. I didn't realize it was free. All right. So content matters. We're, now we're going to head over to Instagram really quick. We'll go back to content matters. Let me just hit really quick. And I, I will hit this in another slide. But hear me. Start with, with Facebook. Don't feel like you need to be on all the things. You don't need to be on TikTok. You don't need to be on Instagram. If you've only got one, if you're the only person running your social media, like don't start like gates open. We're going to do Snapchat and we're going to do TikTok and we're going to do Instagram. And we're gonna do, don't do it. Start with something simple. Start with Facebook. Get good at Facebook. Recruit a team. Get processes down. Get your scheduling down and then move into the world of Instagram. And I would even say stop there, my personal opinion. Stop there, that's where you need to be. Unless you're a youth ministry, then probably need to venture into TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> um, so photos are way better on Instagram. They will definitely perform better on Instagram. Instagram is very much more of like a aesthetically pleasing social media platform. So if you're posting a lot of graphics quickly, your stuff will become like noise. People will think it's ads and it'll quickly become noise and you don't <clears> want <throat> it to become noise because ultimately when people aren't engaging in your stuff, it does not show up on their timeline. It's the same thing, Instagram and Facebook both will throttle your stuff, put it out at different times when you actually post it, stuff like that. So it's super important. Instagram is more of a artsy, look pretty, this has to be airy and bright and stuff like that, where Facebook, you can get away with the more graphics and send them to events and send them to this and send them to that. Uh, so it's super important. And I will challenge you too, because I know not every church has somebody with a Canon, like DSLR taking pictures. I will challenge you that when I first started doing one church's social media, I was using my phone. Our phones have incredible cameras on them. Incredible cameras on them. We, like, don't feel like you need to invest money on, in a DSLR. If you're able to, <laughs> awesome. Praise God. But don't feel like that's where you need to start. I, and I'll hit it later, too. Also, don't feel like you're the only one who needs to do it. There are teenagers in your church that feel a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, stories are important. And this is why I say start with Facebook. Because you don't have to manage stories as much on Facebook. So start with Facebook. Get a rhythm down. Get what's important down, and then head over to Instagram because stories are important. Um, I, well, you guys saw like hours of stories, 500 million stories a day are going on on Instagram. That's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. So they're definitely important. Um, Instagram, hashtags are still a thing, by the way. <laughs> I always forget about them, but they are still a thing. So one of the things that I, and don't make them like crazy, so we're One Church, Gehanna, one of the, some of our taglines are Life is Better in Community, One Church, My Church, we do like Columbus, Ohio, um, 614 Church, 
like different stuff like that. Go look up your local hashtags because when people click on those hashtags, then your posts show up with like the good food in the area. Your sh like posts show up with like the parks and community events and stuff like that. So hashtags are super important. <coughs> I would just do your research on what hashtags work well for your area because they're always different. Obviously, you're not going to use this, this one for church if your church is in Toledo. That wouldn't make any sense, right? Um, get social, engage with your followers. Forgive me, I need to take a sip of water really quick. Um, what I mean by engage with your followers, when somebody comments on your post, like their comment. Maybe, maybe comment back with like a praise hands emoji. Um, this is another thing to get teenagers involved with, right? Super clear expectations from a teenager. Hey, every comment that you see, as long as it's appropriate, if it's inappropriate, let me know. We'll delete that comment. Every comment that you see that's on our social media posts, I want you to go come up with some fun emojis, appropriate emojis for teenagers, and respond to everybody and like every single comment. The reason that's important, more comments on your post makes your post more engaging, which then tells Instagram, hey, focus on this one. Let's get this one on everybody's feed because everybody's really liking this. Um, again, this is where I'm, I'm telling, I have teenagers and my daughter posted, she like the other day and she had 500 likes and I was like, what? But that's how teenage, that's where they're at, right? But that, and it gets more engaging. The more engaging it is, the more likes there are, the more the comments there are, it gets higher up in people's timeline. So you can do that. Or on other thing I talk about all the time when I talk about social media, find a group of individuals in your church, be like, hey, I need you guys to be on my social media team. All I need you to do is comment on our posts. That's it. Just comment on our posts. Like them and comment. You don't have to do anything else. I don't need you to post. Just comment on our posts. That's huge. It really is. Or share a post. You would be amazed. I know I'm sure everybody in here did a little bit of online church this past year. When you shared it out or you did like a watch party and all of a sudden you saw people from all the all these people you didn't even know would watch your stuff, there is the power in the shares, the power of the invite culture, if you will. Okay. Sizing matters for Instagram as well. Profile picture, it's a typical square. This, again, I'll just go back to, like, I really want to hone in. This should be your logo. It really should. You want it to be very easy for people to know that they're in the right place for your church. Uh, story size is one, or 1080 by 1920. So take a slide, a widescreen slide, and go like this. That's basically what it is. It's super important that it's that size, too, because that's where you're going to get the super weird videos on your, <laughs> and stuff like that, or super weird graphics where you're going to size them down, or you're missing different stuff, it's super important. And then posts are 1080 by 13, uh, 1350. So you can do square posts on Instagram. The new thing is to do more of like the rectangle, the tall rectangle posts and get more in there. Uh, they, they tend to perform better, they really do. Sounds weird that your size matters and the fact that it performs better if it's a different size than the other size. So it's super important. So I'll hit uh, Instagram stories really quick as well. Raw is okay. Behind the scenes is okay. It's so funny because Instagram is very much of a aesthetically pleasing and artsy spot, but at the same time, it's okay if you get behind the scenes, like, and it's very random, like in your offices at church or behind the scenes of worship or during like maybe a prayer meeting and it's not perfect. It's not like all like perfectly lit and stuff like that. People like the behind the scenes. So raw is okay. Get creative. Um, that might mean use some different font. I would tell you to be consistent in your font. Find the font that you're going to use because there's like 50 of them on Instagram now. Find the font that you're going to use. Stick with it because then people know that it's you, right? Um, and then stickers and interactive polls are good. All those fun gifts. Of, but I mean, you can create your own. I still don't know how to do it. I've, I've been a part of the process before, but I don't know personally how to do it. But stickers, like those gifts, and interactive polls are good, and questions are good. That's, again, this just makes your stories more engaging, which means that it gets it up in front of people's faces. <clears throat> Set yourself up for success. This is kind of how I talked before, that you want to make sure, this is like 101, 50,000 feet, right? You wanna set yourself up for success, start with Facebook, then move into Instagram. And I will say, I'll take that back, if you're, if you're a youth ministry, 
was talking about this with Taylor at the beginning. If you're a youth ministry, you kind of got to Google because you got parents and students. Students are on Instagram, parents are on Facebook, so you kind of got to Google. But other than that, I would say start with just Facebook. Recruit a team. It might sound absolutely crazy, but teenagers are best friends in this situation. Recruit a team. They can be the ones taking the pictures. They can be the ones making the posts. They can be, and, and you could even set up a system where they take the picture, they have the caption set up, and then they run it by somebody first, just to make sure, right? But what great leadership development to get them engaged in that stuff. Um, recruit a team to help with planning it out. So schedule where you can. I am a huge believer in scheduling out your posts. Use Instagram schedule. You can use things like Buffer. You can use things, oh my gosh, I forget what's the other one, Hootsuite. There's certain ones you, you can pay for them, or you can use just Insta, uh, Facebook's. My personal opinion is Facebook's is really, really good. You can actually schedule out posts in groups as well. So you have a group that maybe is all women's ministry. You can actually schedule out those posts as well, so you're getting pretty consistent. I didn't put this on there, but I just said it all out. Be consistent. Maybe start with two posts a week. Then three posts a week. And sometimes those can be, like, some of those posts are like, we know on Friday we're going to post about the weekend. Every Friday we're going to post about the weekend. So you know, now you've got one post a week that's already set. So be consistent. Get a calendar and think ahead. What I mean by that is obviously Easter's coming up. That's on everybody's radar. Mother's Day is after that. Father's Day is after that. Over the summer we've got... You could do a Memorial Day post. You could do, right, if you have a VBS coming up, you got back to school. Look at those like natural events and schedule around them. But if you plan ahead, then you might be able to go grab Easter eggs from this, like from your back stock in the storage area and do a quick, like have a couple pictures ready so that you're not racing around being like, oh my gosh, we have to post for Easter. I need this, and then I need this, and we run to the kids' department and get the weird ears and all that fun stuff. Like, plan ahead. You know it's coming. It's on the calendar. So plan ahead. That can be a huge, huge thing to just help you feel more prepared and just set you up for success. I said it like 17 times, but I mean it with all my heart. Start with Facebook. Just start with Facebook first. I, I think the truth is, is... If you start there, and you can use Facebook as your website, by the way, which I'm not going to even hit in here, but like, if you do Facebook well, it will quickly be the place where people go to get information. It'll quickly be the place where pe like, people will dig in and try to find out more about your church, which is, which is incredibly important. Okay, I told you I didn't have a ton of content, but I wanted to leave room for questions. <laughs> so you, started, you guys mentioned Canva, and I do want to hit that like, great resource. The great resource, if you don't have a graphic designer on staff, not at research desk, most churches don't. Um, Canva is incredible. It's not just incredible for like your uh, sermon series or like graphic type posts. They even have now things where you can plug in video or words and it'll animate it, which I didn't even hit, but the like a large part of posts now are all video. So that's what grabs your attention. Sometimes it's literally just the background is moving. And it's just because videos perform different than graphics or graphics or pictures or anything like that. So Canva can even do stuff like that. And I didn't even realize it was free for nonprofits. That's mm -hmm. really cool. I don't pay either. I mean, I just you can use it. the free version. There's just some stuff yeah, that you, you pay for. Free. I mean, it tells me I can pay if I do if I move it up to this. Yep. But yeah. I don't want to move it up to this. But so, you can find a you can find exactly what you're looking for in five seconds versus a half an hour. I yeah. just I just post I just take things from like online that I like pictures that I have in my in my area that I go to and I set and I download it and then I hit upload and I uploaded it in Canva the pictures and then I create my own post yep. with the stuff yes. that I say so. so that I don't use the I don't use some of the things that Canva has. I create my own. Absolutely. And, and sometimes it is then. sometimes the nice thing about Canva too is it just gives you ideas on yeah, where it's to start. Getting, yeah, it's I don't I'm not using its ideas, I'm using my own I'm, I'm Absolutely. I would use Pinterest as well to like just start getting ideas. Other things, something that I started doing when I first started doing social media is I follow like accounts, um, maybe in, their di in different parts of the country, right? Like different churches in different parts of the country because sometimes, right, they got a full media or full-time social media person on staff, 
thank you, I will use that content. I appreciate you. <laughs> like, right? Like, just, it's okay to have that. It's okay to do those kind of things. The only thing I would tell you is don't go find a Google image and just yeah. plaster it up on your website or something like that because you don't want to get the really bad email that says, hey, you just did copyright. I will tell you that. Go ahead. Um, two things. Can you post that on the um, communication, communication Facebook? Like once you figure out like what you need to do for the nonprofit, that would be super helpful. Super. That's a great resource. And then um, Unsplash is free as well. The only thing I would put like push you towards if you can try to use your own photos. Obviously for graphics it's a little different and stuff like that. But you the reason you want to use your photos and I go back to the whole like you're getting church shopped at all times is because you want people to know what to expect when they come in. You want and I would think too like when you're taking the pictures, think of a few things, right? When I go to take a picture of the auditorium and let's say it was a new song this week during worship and nobody's raising their hands because they're still learning the words, that's not when you take the picture, right? <laughs> let's take it during Waymaker, okay? <laughs> like, because we want people to know that this is a place where we worship and yeah. you're gonna feel the power of God and you're gonna feel that experience with, with the Holy Spirit. You're gonna have that experience with the Holy Spirit. So it's, it's important that you think that. Or like when you're taking pictures of like the message maybe that you're taking pictures of people in chairs because if you take if nobody ever sits in the front two two front rows because you know that happens like at every church um like if nobody sits in the front two rows and you take a picture with the front two rows empty people are gonna be like yeah nobody's at that church i'm not going <laughs> right like or you want when you take pictures of kids ministry you don't want to go back there right after they had snack and there's goldfish crackers everywhere like you, and I know that sounds silly, but you have to think through that. When, when I started doing social media, we were doing it in a church plant and we were inside of a school where they would take the chairs, you know, the tennis balls on the bottom of the chairs and then put them up. Yeah. And our photographers were always taking chair pictures with the nasty tennis balls in the background. And we were like, yeah, don't do that anymore. <laughs> That's gross. My kids don't feel safe when they're around the gross, nasty floor tennis balls. So you gotta think through that, but I would like definitely, you can get started on those different sites, but I would encourage you to take pictures and that doesn't mean that you have to have your own camera. I definitely think phones are to the place where you can take great phone, like use portrait mode the best you can, and that and get your teenagers involved. And then just download it from Google Drive. Absolutely. That's, That's actually a really good call out. Um, if, you, if you do take pictures, right? You wanna have a place where you store them because you don't want them all to be on your phone. At one church, we used Google Drive. Yeah. Um, at the Ohio Ministry Network, we used Google Drive during an event. That's where you could go surf through pictures and stuff like that. And um, you could put them on your camera from Google Drive. Absolutely. absolutely. Pixiesetter is another um, resource for photo like storage. Storage. Yep. And you can do, uh, like, for example, like this, you could do like Centerpiece 2021 or Time Apart. Or, so you can separate each event. It's better for events. Yes, no, absolutely. Any way that you can. It's called Pixie Set. It's free. Pixie Set. P I X I E S E T. That's what I thought. Also, Google has a nonprofit prices as well. Yeah. Google Suite has nonprofit prices as well. Yeah, I made a flyer about who I was, and I put a picture of myself, and then I put a picture of me volunteering at the Boys and Girls Ministry for BBS, and then I put a picture of my Tupperware all on one flyer. Perfect. I downloaded it from Google Drive all those pictures. This is awesome. Yeah. Any other questions? Man, you guys are not, last year I did not leave enough time for questions. Where are you guys at? Like who is on, you mentioned you were on TikTok. Um, for like a month. Is that for you personal or is that for your ministry? social media because I didn't know what I was doing so 
honest moment, I didn't go to school for, for social media. Um, I, I have four children. Ten years ago, my four right? children were all under the age of ten. And I was like, how am I going to serve at my church? And they said, hey, we need somebody to join the social media team. And I was like, I can do that from home. And be, like, be with my kids and serve. I'm going to do that. So I started like every blog, every podcast I could possibly think of. Social media is ever-changing. So what I tell you today could be completely different next week. Oh, yeah. Like, one of the things I actually struggled with when they asked me to do this is I was like, I don't even do social media as much anymore. Like, what about reels and blocks and all these different things that are happening now on social media? I would, to stay current in this game, you have to continue to research and just constantly be ahead of, like, constantly downloading information. But I think the main thing, though, is to remember a lot of times you'll hear like brand, business, all that different stuff. Just replace it with the word ministry or church. It's so incredibly important. We have to be up with all those other things. We have to be. And the only way we can is if we make it important. Go ahead. Question. Um, I started a page. I've got about like 200 followers. Um, just started like two weeks ago, last week, I can't remember, uh, for a business. And one thing that I'm getting is, is I'm not getting the engagement. Mm-hmm. Like there was one, it's, it's for a blog. You know, I had like, I don't know, I had a lot of shares and it got like 2,000, uh, re- uh, the reach or whatever. Yep. But like, if I don't have, if I don't be like, hey Kyle, you work for me, share my post right now. Mm-hmm. That actually happens. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but um, if I don't do that, it doesn't seem like, how long do you have to be on, because I've been doing a blog about church leader tips. And I started Facebook to advertise as a, a funnel. How long do you have to um, consistently put out content before people, because our church page, like, uh, I've got two people doing that now. Man, they post, I, I get so jealous. They post something like on 15 comments. And I'm like, how do you guys do that? So how long do you have to do it before? It takes time. To give you give you a range, so I'm sorry, I use one church. It's just what I know the best. But so when we start, we started one church 10 years ago. Planted one church 10, uh, 10 years ago. Uh, I genuinely don't know what our attendance is right now because it's the pandemic and you just don't even know how many people are mm-hmm. today, right? Because you got online church. But before the pandemic, it was about 2,600 people. Just two weeks ago, did we hit $10,000. We're a pretty big church. We put out a lot of content. But just two weeks ago, so that's 10 years later. Yeah. It takes very consistent constantly doing it. That's that's why I say I think it's really important to schedule, to be consistent. You, you have to because ultimately it's never going away. When then some of the people that liked my page, they're not seeing it when I post something on my page. That's, those are the algorithms. Right? Yeah, I'm like... The what? what time are you Algorithms. Yeah, well, I look, I look at like the insights and stuff and I'm trying to do that, but I'm like... That doesn't necessarily... <laughs> It, that doesn't necessarily influence as much as it did before. Before algorithms, let me just explain algorithms really quick. So Facebook about, I want to say it was like four years ago, Facebook basically said you're not going to see when things post. You're going to see them how we think they're most important to you. Right. Basically, Facebook said yeah. you're going to see what we want you to see. Yeah. If you go on Instagram right now, I guarantee you, pull up Instagram or Facebook, you'll see a friend's post, a friend's post, a friend's post, and then an ad. It's yeah. literally every three posts. So what the algorithms do is they take it, sometimes I, a friend of mine will post and I won't see it until two days later. Yeah. Basically Facebook has decided that that's not as important to you because you don't engage with that as much. So they put it kind of on the back burner. Things that you can do to change that is you can have, there is on Facebook and I don't know how much they're into the algorithms as much anymore, but you can get alerted and put them as your favorites. So you can let your people, people know, hey, make sure you favorite us so that we, you get to see our posts first. Or another thing that I've seen are a lot of my friends that are social media influencers, they specifically ask, like my post, share my post on your story, comment on my post, and then save this post. So on Instagram, it's like the little like ribbon on the one yeah. side. When you do that, you're basically telling Instagram, this, this person is important to me, I wanna see the posts more. And then based on the other hand, that Instagram only shows those people first, and then other people after that. So algorithms definitely are something that are hard to combat. All I can tell you, the best way I've learned to combat them, the best way that I've seen friends of mine who are in the social media world, 
to combat them is just be very consistent, constant new, <clears throat> new stuff. And, and I would say like Instagram feels like it's just one. Instagram is actually four different kinds, right? So you got Instagram, you got videos that are posts, you got reels, your longer videos, you got your stories, and you got your regular picture posts. That's technically four different places that you need to be putting different content in. That's why I say start with Facebook, because it's like intense. I would say also another thing that I've learned a lot is the 411. Not only, um, so of, of the things that you do, four of them need to be either curated or created. So when you curate, you're, you're, you're giving love to another business. You've shared that onto your page. And that business is like, oh, thank you for sharing. You know, you can even do that on Instagram. You can, you don't have to have apps to do it. But that has been huge. Um, and then, of course, so uh, you, know, you have your four um, that you've either curated yourself or, or um, are curated from somebody else. Um, so you, like Ohio Ministry Network, on our, um, we've shared many times. You know, there's something that they've posted, so we put it on our page. Of course, you know, so it shows the people, you know, who are in our, you know, um, liking, you know, uh, Facebook from our, our church, you know, oh, uh, assembly is bigger than just Bellevue. Oh, you know, so, I mean, it helps both ways. But um, then, of course, when you're doing those things, people don't care. I mean, they're, they're like, oh, that's, that's cool, because then you can put that um, one, what they call soft sale, which is like, hey, donate, you know, we're having a charity. Or um, come, you know, the hard sale, because that to me is like a hard sale. When you're saying, hey, come join us, you know, people don't want to see that every single time. Correct. That's like, it, it, and they're just turned off. They want to follow you. It turns, into, it turns into, it turns into noise. It yeah. really does. If it's the same posts all the time, it definitely, that's why I say like graphics don't perform well on Instagram because they turn into noise because they feel like every third post that looks like yeah. an ad already. Right. So it turns into noise. And even those are not always graphics either. So you don't want to turn it into, it's, it's so important that it is, I think you just hit something really good and I'm going to steal it with other people, is you don't always want to give a hard sell of, come join us. You want to be like, hey, we love our teachers. Who loves their teachers? Yeah. Like, it's just about them, yeah. right? Or it's back to school week and we want to bless these people, blah, 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 blah. And I think it's, <coughs> it's definitely, if you start doing the same thing over and over again, it does. It turns into what I call noise. And then it's, slow, it's, it's very quickly, you're just scrolling by. How often do you post, uh, post on, your, on your church? Uh, we post at least once a day, if not twice a day. Okay. And when I say twice a day, I mean like there might be, like I kind of just said, Instagram has like four different ways, right? right? We might post on Facebook one way. On Instagram, it's like an actual picture. Then there's a post with like 10 pictures. And then there's a reel and a video. Okay. And that's all in one day, yeah. which is crazy. That's so much. I'm so glad I'm not over that anymore. No, it's stressful. <laughs> Go ahead. What was your question? Can you get on like, Facebook analytics? Yeah, I can pull up. Well, I don't know if I'm, I even have access to that. Basically, analytics is on the back end of your Facebook, and you can pull so much information. I kind of talked about that when we talked about um, like doing sponsored posts, so paying for like promotional posts. Uh, you can look at time of day that people are on your page what type of people are on your page, whether it be females, males, this age group, this age group, this demographic, that demographic. Um, I, I definitely recommend diving deeper into it. I'll be honest, it's changed so much in the last couple years that I am not nearly as into it. But I would recommend, the way that I learned, I'd say this, I just said this, is podcasts and then just clicking around. Mm -hmm. Click around as much as you possibly can. And what do you think about Facebook Live versus doing yeah, I get that. So you can, there are some stream services that even though it's a recorded video, it comes off as live. The nice part about Facebook Live is that it alerts your, your followers that you've gone live. But there are some streaming services. So we use a streaming service at One Church, and they just changed their name. And I Prezi. Know. Is it Prezi? Rezi. Re yes, yes. They, didn't, they just changed their name. They were something else before that. Oh, that's the one that I'm like thinking of. Anyway, what we did over the pandemic, because we were close, we're a little bit bigger of a church, so our church was actually closed for 20 weeks. So we got to the place where we actually did our pre-record, is what we called it, Wednesday nights, recorded everything, edited through it so that we had all the corrupt videos in there and everything like that, 
And then we used Prezi to, basically it went live. Prezi, thank you. Prezi is the like presentation software that I keep on thinking. But then we used that to like go live and it basically used it to go live. So I, the, I think there's definitely benefits in using live over a video. You're not gonna get the same responses when it comes to Facebook actually alerting people and stuff like that. So my personal opinion is if you can, go, go live, but I would try to find a streaming service to help you do that because it's gonna look a lot more professional because you get the time to go through it and oh, I slipped over a word. Baby cried, how are we gonna edit this out? Stuff like that. It's, it's a lot easier. Does that cost a lot of money? It Resi? does. I'm Resi not sure. Is a, Resi's a hardware, mm -hmm. but they have it integrated now into Pro 7, uh, and it's a software version. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> so, but the hardware version for one encoder is. I'm sure it's not cheap. $1, yeah, I'm sure it's not super cheap. And then there's a monthly, <laughs> and then there's a monthly <laughs> fee on top of that. Mm -hmm. Of course, there are some other services, but yeah, I don't, I don't know a ton about that. That's the production world in our. That's crazy. Okay. Any other questions? Go ahead. Uh, I knew you could schedule posts on Facebook, but I didn't. That Instagram was new to me. I didn't know you could schedule. Can you do that on your phone? Or you. Like, I don't know. Yeah, go to the business suite. I was gonna say I know I've done it before. I will tell you. Yeah, I will tell you, I like to do it on my computer better just because I feel like I can get a better visual. That's just more of a person I am and more of a visual. Yeah. I know, I just like being able to like see it on a big screen and like play it all out. That's true, you don't. Yeah, it's like, an, it's a separate app. because I could see like the different times of the day and Buffer would recommend certain times and stuff like that. But you don't have to use Buffer. I, the fact that Facebook is free is, is awesome. That, and I will tell you this about Facebook, I've learned this about Facebook, when it's their product, they're going to promote you more when, they, when you use their product. It used to be the same thing when we used to upload videos from, like do a YouTube link versus uploading the video directly to Facebook. YouTube and Facebook don't like each other. So, so they will take your, your video and literally like throttle it down if you uh -huh. use YouTube versus just going live to Facebook. Facebook wants you to use their stuff. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, their business. Right. Makes no, sense. Facebook, Facebook only use 720 live, and, but you can upload 1080 and then, then it will do 1080. Yeah. Oh. Facebook, it, Facebook's stubborn. Do you have a preferred app for downloading your lives? I've tried, I've tried different ones and I'm not Yeah, you can. There definitely, it just depends on what you can do video editing wise. Mm -hmm. 
Um, our video editing team will take, we call those message moments at one church. We'll take it and literally just start chopping it up into all kinds of message <coughs> moments. So now you've got like 30 Greg videos out of his full like 45 minute message. And that's from the, they do it from Facebook Live or whatever. No, they, they, they when they're doing Facebook Live, they're also downloading a version of that video okay. as well we so that they can go back through it. Just take the actual video. Yeah, you would probably want to take it that way. You were, if you have to take it from Facebook Live, take it, but it is sure. going to be a lesser quality versus. Sure. I don't know if you can download from. Can you download video from Facebook Live? Yeah, you can use an app. You can use an app. So you can do screen record, but you can't. Not an app, I'm sorry. You can. There's a website that you can go to that you put the um, URL in, and then it'll download it into a file. Just so Google I, that. I've had to do that okay. before, yeah. I can't remember what it's called, but there is. Because I've, I've tried to do it. Uh. Yeah, there is a way to do it. Because I use that to, uh, like, for some music. Yeah. yeah. I can use, you know, I can go in, get the URL, put it in there, it'll download it as an audio file completely, take, take the video out of there. Yeah. And I can use the audio for a different production. You can definitely do it though. I've had to do it for Facebook before when we wanted to like uh, do a like edit a video, but we wanted to add a couple things in there. But the only thing we had was a Facebook Live. You can go. There's a couple websites. There are a couple apps that you can download to your computer where you just drop the app, um, the URL in there and it'll download it to the to the file. So there's all the tricks. <laughs> Pretty much, if you can think of it, there's probably a trick to do it. Anything else, guys? I feel like we need to ask questions. If you don't have any. Truly, I'm just here to serve however I can. <laughs> the big thing after you take anything away is just that social media is absolutely a place where you can reach more people, so it's worth it to spend the time on it. And to start with Facebook. <laughs> I remember when I first started doing social media at one church, we also did Snapchat. Oh. I hate Snapchat. I hate Snapchat. <laughs> Nightmare. Why did you use a lot of Snapchat other than like talking to your Stories and stuff like that. That was back when it was mostly stories, and that's it. You didn't snap each other back a lot. I still have a like very negative taste in my mouth from Snapchat because it was originally created to to let me just still say it to send nudes. That's what it was, and then nobody knows about it. That's why it was originally created. So I still have a very negative connotation for that for, for it. I, I definitely think it's changed, and businesses are back on it. For a while, they pulled away from Snapchat, and then I think Snapchat redefined themselves. And that's why it's 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 back. But there's churches that are on it. Like there are not just individuals. There are churches that are on it. Oh, there's lots of businesses that are on it. Have put money towards. I I've done it before. Like, but the amount of marketing dollars that businesses, large businesses, put towards like things like they even put money towards Snapchat for a while. They started pulling away from Twitter and Snapchat, and in the last couple years, they started going back to it. That's what I got. Hopefully it was helpful.